This is Gracelyn Keller with the Becker's Business and Private Equity Podcast, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Elizabeth Hudson today. Thanks so much for joining me, um, and I would love to have you introduce yourself quickly before we get started. Sounds great, Grace. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm Liz Hudson, and I'm the founder and principal consultant of EGH LLC, and we're a consulting group that focuses on healthcare products and services. Um, primarily in the private equity space. Wonderful. Well, thanks again for being here. Um, and you have an interesting kind of discussion that you're going to bring for us today um, around this idea of being still and paying attention. So can you tell us a little bit about what that idea is and where it comes from? For sure. You know, I, I find myself, especially these days, just noticing how noisy our world has become. There's so much noise. Everyone has something to say. We, it's other people. It's ourselves too. Myself, um, primarily. We keep wanting to pile on to that conversation with our own two cents and um, add things when um, there might not even be anything to say. We, we say things. Um, and I would say that even social media adds to that frenzy of, of needing to add our voice to just absolutely everything. Um, and I'll be the first to admit that I'm more guilty of adding to that noise than most other people. Um, so this is a little bit of a um, almost accountability in saying this out loud to you and to all the listeners that this is something that I need to work on um, of with all that noise. How do I start to use my two ears and one mouth in that proportion where I start to listen more and talk a lot less? <laughs> 100%. I definitely can do that too. And I think uh, a lot of people out there probably are relating to what you're saying right now. Um, so I guess <laughs> my next question in this topic is, what happens when we stop talking and we start doing that active listening? Yeah, yeah. And I think this is exactly why I want to talk about this today it is I think um, as I'm starting to build that practice a little bit more actively, just Liz, shut up and listen. What happens is we start to hear other perspectives more clearly. We start to observe nuances that we didn't notice before because we were so busy trying to get our own opinions and elbow our way into those conversations, trying to be heard, get noticed, whatever that might be. We start to really notice um, in particular, I think the quiet voices, when you're sitting in a meeting, you look around the table, there might be 10 people there. And you notice that there's oftentimes one or a couple few people that are really quiet. They're, they're not quiet for any other reason, but they've got a really good idea cooking. Um, they might be a little bit more introverted. They're the ones that really have that great idea, but because the eight other people are yapping away, myself included, those voices don't always get heard. Um, and so I think, you know, what happens when we stop talking, we start actively listening, is we start to notice those things. Um, now, I do think that a couple, couple things that in some ways make this more challenging, sometimes make this more easy. When we think about in-person settings, like I just kind of described, sitting around a physical table, in some ways, it's a little easier to notice those nuances when you're in person. It's a little easier to stop talking and catch yourself in some ways because you can visibly, your eyes can read the body language in the room. But then at the same time, I think in person can also be a little bit challenging, at least for me it is, because 
especially, you know, when we have this hybrid environment, a lot of us work from home, we come into the office some days, we do a little bit of both. Sometimes the tempo of an in-person meeting creates a little bit of energy, which is good and it's exciting, but it also gets more voices going and um, a little less listening. So I think that's that's one setting um, of in-person that we need to um, watch for, how it can be easier, a little bit harder, and try to work on that. And then I think virtual meetings um, have its pros and cons as well. But here, I think um, they can be challenging to read, especially when cameras are off, because when the cameras are off or not in person with somebody, I can't see when someone looks excited. Or I can't see if someone has a confused look on their face or they're giving me a uh, like a dismissive shrug um, or they're rolling their eyes or they have a hurt expression. And when it's quiet um, or if somebody's on mute, for example, the absence of that voice or absence of the look on their faces, a lot of times we get uncomfortable with that quiet and we start to fill that space with our own words, right? So, so I think these are some of the things where it's a good idea to do this. Here's, here's the good things that happen. And we have to really be aware of how we get the most out of those um, interactions, both in person and virtually. 100%. Um, I totally agree with what you're saying in that regard. Um, and then my final kind of question here, point that I would love for you to talk on is how empathy plays a role in all of this. Yeah, totally. So I think when we get quiet, when we when we're really starting to be still and pay attention um, to what's around us, we do start to tap in um, more to empathy. And I think a lot of times when we hear the word empathy, we often go to the our version of the definition of that word, which is, oh, poor you. I, I connect with your sad situation. But that's not actually how it's defined. How it's defined is really the ability to understand and share the feelings of another, right? So that's not like, oh, you're in a unfortunate situation. I feel empathetic towards the situation that you're in, but rather like just understanding how somebody else is feeling and, and where their heads are at. And I think when we tap into that, it's easier to do that when we're quiet. When we tap into that, we start to put ourselves in the other person's shoes. And that's really important in our own cultures, um, in our work cultures. So that's for our employees, for our managers. Um, it extends to our external um, audience, which might be our customers, to our clients, um, but even personally to our families and to our friends. I would go so far as to say it becomes really important when we're interacting with strangers, people we don't know, or even people that we would um, term as our um, competitors or our enemies, right? As soon as we can start to put ourselves in the other person's shoes, we start to see those things very, very differently. Um, and I think as we have that empathetic kind of a mindset and kind of open hands, open mind to that, um, you know, we're we're taking in great information. We're we're taking that in as we're observing what's around us. But I also think that that compels us to learn more. Um, you know, for me, that's been a journey of um, for for many many for decades. I would say really just uh, we've all tapped into personality types: introverted, extroverted. You know, like you know what what are the ones that are um, 
maybe a little bit more sensitive, maybe the ones that are thinking, and what are the best environments for uh, those individuals to thrive? What are the best environments for ourselves uh, to thrive? So I think personality types have been one that's been um, on many of our minds for a long time. Um, and even just recently, I just finished reading the book called The Divergent Mind by Janara Nirenberg. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that name correctly. My mind was totally blown. Um, and it just basically gets after this idea of learning about different ways that different minds work, right? How our brains are formed and shaped myself versus somebody who was really different um, from me. And I think um, it, it grounded me and it really humbled me. Um, I would say throughout my life, um, I have repeatedly made snap judgments about other people, um, really um, foolishly not realizing that I had probably made some pretty poor misjudgments about that and, and just missed um, the iceberg, really, that lay beneath the surface. Um, and so I think it is that sense of if I can get still and if I can get quiet and I start to pay attention to what people are saying, what they're not saying, how they're behaving, I'm starting to tap into something um, really powerful. Um, and I think, you know, in taking in others, I also start to reflect on myself. And I think that self-reflection um, practice is really important. We learn so much more about ourselves, how we can get better and, and, and really tap into unrealized potential. And I think in doing all of those things, right, I think uh, getting quiet, um, you know, stop talking, start actively listening. We, we start to hear other perspectives. We understand other people better. But what comes of that? Well, I think, you know, in my mind, two really big things come from that. One is we build better work environments where we ourselves, our team, our whole organization feels included. They feel valued and they feel understood. So that's, that's our team environment, work culture, um, things like that. But also, um, I would say when we get quiet and we're listening and really asking good questions and not answering them, but listening, right, what's articulated, what's not articulated, we start to really get after great product and service ideas that actually meet real needs because they're really connecting with what the pain points are, what the um, needs are, what the... Um, delights are, right? I think we start to pay attention and to understand that a lot better when we can get quiet and hear those things clearly. Absolutely. Well, Liz, thanks so much for joining me today and sharing thoughts on this. I think it's a very relatable topic that a lot of our listeners will enjoy hearing. Thanks so much. Wonderful. Thanks for having me on, Grace. Great to talk with you.